0: Hey, y'all, welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered insight on marriage, divorce, the crazy adventures of co-parenting, and so much
1: more with your host, april and lauren not only are we best friends we are also the wife and former wife of the same man join us each week as we take you on a journey inside our wild and chaotic lives and show you how we were able to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively parenting a lot of kids with a few husbands we're definitely not professionals and we'll probably get you into more trouble than you bargained for but what
0: we do have is a sense of humor street smarts and a few decades of experience under our wife mom and divorcee belt this saint your mama's podcast welcome to episode 89 of co-parenting past chaos welcome back to the shit show we made it <laughs> Again. one more week down
1: it's february now yeah it's february now but we've been in a funk this week oh we're we, we say this all the time people probably think we're depressed we are we can help <gasps> um send wine yeah no it's been just like a i think we're in a mercury retrograde right now so that could be some of it I think it's because we had too much fun and our mom's not out. Like oh. We had a taste of freedom and now we're pining for it. Should we give like a quick recap of what went down? Besides the two of us, yes, we okay. fell, showing our affection for one another. <laughs> Called our good friend to drive us home, who just so happens to be a police officer. On the ride home, he was pulled over by two other of police officers.
0: Good times. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we got hit on by some married men, some 20-something men, some some men with an old, (laughs) with a fly down. (laughs) That was only me, guys. Don't worry. (gasps) It's a good time.
0: Oh, it was a good time. And I really, like, because, you know, I'm the mom of the group and I have a very strict 9 p.m. bedtime most of the time. But it was nice
1: because we were, like, all done by 10.
0: Yeah, we were home in bed by 10.30, Uh right? Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun, though. We had a good time. Very Easy going. We went to an outdoor bar so that, you know, we yeah, followed all the COVID, no COVID rules. And but it was just fun to be us, to not be anybody's mom or wife, wife or yes. girlfriend or any of the above employee. We were just three girls having a good time. I and loved it. Yeah, I did, too. We need to do it again. We yeah. have to recover from this last one. It's, it's going to take a while, but we'll do it. So it's starting to get cold here, I hate which it. is disgusting. You know, we're supposed to have snow next week. I know. I think <gasps> this week, this Thursday.
1: No, it starts next week. Oh, next, next Thursday. Yes.
0: Oh, I was like, oh, maybe yes. we'll get a day off. No, Wouldn't just be kidding. Nice. But I'm just not a fan of the cold. I'm not built for it. My body doesn't work in the cold. And I always want to hibernate.
1: I'm, well, I'm from the South. So
0: yeah. I'm just used we to being acclimated used to, to all this. Mm-mm. It makes me really miss living in Hawaii. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, my God. That was like the best. If you want to talk about the most healthy mental health wise ever that's where and it's the vitamin d i mean anybody that doesn't get vitamin d or get we get another form of it now well (laughs) it's not working for the depression though (laughs) sorry honey (sighs) on this week's segment of what would april do Ooh,
1: okay what you got for me all right are you ready for this i'm ready so in case you don't know i I'm new to this step parent life and our parenting, as we talked about last week, is is very different. Right. And each one of our scenarios and our we don't necessarily custody, but how it's set up with our children and their other parents is is a little different. Right. So I'm I'm very confused, I guess, sometimes by my significant others, his ex-wife and him have it set up where they FaceTime their children Every day, regardless of who, how, whose house they're at. So not that that's a big deal, but it's so different from what I'm used to. Cause like we don't FaceTime. Like no. you either see the kids
0: or you don't. And I mean, I guess because we live, <laughs> yeah. And we are together so much, but
1: so even if we weren't. A part of me like started to get like, maybe like a tinge of jealousy. Like, why are you guys always FaceTiming? Are I supposed to be doing that too? Like. Okay, I'll have the boys start FaceTiming their other home. And I'll start asking to FaceTime you. So I would text April when he had his girls FaceTiming either him or their their mom. And I'd be like, um, we need to set up a FaceTime right now. Do you think that's petty of me? Or like, just am I, am I jealous? Because my co parenting's not set up like that. No, I don't think that you're jealous or petty, either one. I think that as moms, we
0: question our parenting. Yeah, you know, really. And when we were doing our horrible custody battle, we did that with the FaceTiming, and it really was and just And we thought it was stupid, right? Right. But we were like, we have to do this because it's going to get inconvenience yeah. that person. So they're doing it just for the pleasure of it. Super <laughs> weird for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of. Super weird for me because I love my kids and I would give them my last breath, but that doesn't mean I want to see them every <laughs> no, single minute of I every day. I don't think like absence that. makes the heart grow right. fonder and that's my take on parenting yeah. and relationships but yeah I, I just I'm not there I don't I don't think that though I do think you were just maybe questioning my like am had- I doing the wrong thing I'm not seeing my kids enough no you see them plenty I see Them all the time you see them all
1: the time I we see all see the time. them all the time
0: we're fine I just yeah I, that's not for me Okay. One star. Would not recommend. All right. Thank you for my psychosis (laughs) breakdown for the week. no problem. We've been doing that a lot this week. Last week, we discussed different parenting styles in our blended family and how maybe they haven't been aligning lately. And not between (laughs) the two of us. Never. The other guy. guy. (gasps) This week, we are talking about misery and how it loves company. Hmm. Good topic.
1: This is going to be a TED Talk. (laughs) It will be because it branches into... So many aspects of tying into either motherhood, parenthood, co-parenting, all of the above. When Jerry and I were going through our divorce, I was extremely guilty
0: of this. I was the queen of misery loves company. I, I was too during my Because divorce. I was miserable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that was no secret. Our marriage was so volatile and messy that I wanted nothing more than for him to suffer mm-hmm. immensely. Like all the suffering. Yeah. Okay. I went to a pit of Legos. Uh-huh. But I, I wanted bad things to happen. And that's terrible because
1: I'm not that kind of person. Like, I don't. It's not. But I mean, to be fair. Oh, well, this is not to be fair. But I, <laughs> I can relate to this because it wasn't the misery we were sitting in as divorcees. It's the misery we went through in the marriage. That's what it was. Like, you wanted to pay for it. Yeah. I wasn't miserable that we were divorced. I mean, I was a little because it's sad. My plan was
0: altered. Right. The, the, the. Things that I had designed in my head for my life weren't going the way I wanted them to. So yeah, I was angry about that. But it wasn't just because I was sitting there yearning for his touch because <laughs> I didn't I know that I, I didn't just want to be married to be I didn't even
1: want to be married to John but like he made me miserable in our marriage yeah. so, like, why do you get to be happy now I thought like if I thought for
0: one minute that he was even thinking about smiling or if I noticed like a glimmer of happiness come across Jerry's face I, I was like no hold on let me get I'm gonna go take care of this he's gonna be miserable and gonna hate life and everything that's in it I just did not want him to find joy in anything. Yeah, that's how I felt about John. And I didn't know much back then, but I knew that I didn't want him to be happy with anybody else Mm -hmm. because I felt like if he couldn't be happy with me, then what makes
1: him think he could be happy with anybody else? Because I'm the best. Right. I guess. So I, I didn't necessarily care. I didn't want John to be happy, but like, I really didn't want you to be happy. Like, how dare you be get to be happy with this man who I think is the most miserable person who's made my life miserable. Where are you finding this happiness from him? He didn't get to make me happy. Why is he making you happy? I really do understand
0: that because I remember thinking Jessica's a fool. Yeah. Like she has to be an idiot. Mm-hmm. She is falling in love with this man who is literally still
1: married. And to you sit, you watch there and you think like, do they know, do they realize like it is she naive? Yeah. Does she have any idea what she's doing? i mean, no, getting she's into? Kind of a smart person,
0: so I think yeah. she knows. So, what is it? But guess what? He's not the same person, or he wasn't the same person that he was with me and also
1: we don't get to dictate the terms of someone else's happiness yeah maybe she was okay
0: with all of his exactly crazy i wasn't and he wasn't okay with my crazy Mm -hmm. so we did not fit our puzzle pieces did not go together we were corners and edges trying to go (laughs) into circles and (laughs) (laughs) yeah not not gonna happen but let's face it when you're miserable the last thing you want is for your ex to be happy it's true You would want anybody else to be happy, but not the person that hurt you. Yeah. And when they're your ex, chances are they hurt you. There's some kind of trauma or pain usually going on in there. For Roy, I know everybody picks on me because they say that I won't let him move on. And that's not it. It's not my fault that I haven't found the right (laughs) female for him yet. I just I do want him to be happy for sure. Like his happiness is one of the most important things in my life. I pray for him to find somebody that makes him happy, but I just want it to be the right person. And and we've talked about it. It She just has to fit in our world. Good and luck. Yeah. I'm, I don't ruin all of his relationships. I want him to find happiness, but he just hasn't. Do yet. you hear that, Heather? <laughs> Heather, is there still a chance? <gasps> all right. So we can agree that there's several different things that affect a person's mood and obviously your mood has an effect on how you treat others just like this week our mood sucks so we suck probably as friends and partners and moms because when i'm in a bad mood like i just don't want to you could offer me anything and i'm like nope don't want that yep that's me you want to watch a movie nope don't want that no i'm gonna go to bed good night thank you you want a Reese? nope don't want that like of course i want a Reese egg who doesn't want a Reese egg everybody does (laughs) I didn't this
1: week because I'm miserable. Like, I don't know why. I'm just miserable. <laughs> I am, too. I came home last night, and I was looking forward to just getting the kids in bed, showering, and, like, sitting down with a glass of wine, right? And so Jake comes into bed, and he pours a glass of wine, and he puts it next to me, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> is this the wine I bought, or is this some wine you bought? And he was like, it's it's the one I bought. And I was like, I can't drink. I, I'm not going to drink this. It's disgusting. Oh, I just sat there, and he was like... All right, well I'll drink it, and I was like, great. So you drink all of my drink. I have nothing to drink. I'm going to bed. But you didn't want it. Why so.
0: he's with me? I really don't. That's know. That's what I think. Like I've asked for this type of man that I have Same. forever. I have him, and now I'm just a rotten turd. I'm
1: the worst. I'm just not. I'm nasty. I'm nasty. I think we're testing their level of like commitment. Like, to are us. you really here to stay? Because I'm gonna test. you. I'll test you before any more than any ex wife or ex girlfriend ever has. I' are going to really test this commitment level.
0: Here's w- one of the reasons why it started out this week. And not that this made my week terrible. But, you know, one little thing can make you have, oh, yeah. you know, a, a kind of nasty week. So Sunday, obviously, was the day after our mom's night out shindig. <laughs> and I'm really tired the next day because a lot happened. So Monday, I'm sitting here working and I get a text from my husband of a picture that he took of me passed out on the couch on sunday and he's like look at you you're so beautiful knowing good and damn well that there was not one thing beautiful my mouth was wide open like i was catching flies i was mortified i'm like if you ever show that to anyone i'll cut you why it was terrible he's like you just look so sweet and precious no i don't maybe he thinks i look like a cross-eyed bat i was horrid (laughs) Oh, so that just set my tone right then and there. I set your I was done for the rest of the week. He tried to cuddle, and I do love to cuddle. Ew, I hate to cuddle. So we're in bed, and what normally wouldn't be a big deal. He cuddles, and I'm like, oh, it's like the temperature of Hades in here. He's like, you're never hot. Well, I am today. So I get up and rip my clothes off in like this big fit, like I was going to prove a point. Nope. he's just. And don't you just hate it when you're mad and they're they have no reaction, no reaction, and they're even
1: more um sweet yeah they're sweeter and understanding why are you understanding why can't you just fight with me that's what i want wow. i swear there is nothing more irritating than being so feisty and built up and then having your man look over and be like oh, i just want to spend forever with you i love you so or, much what can i do to help honey i'm i'm here um, just poof, talk be gone to me. <laughs> Why? No, I don't want to talk. Literally, leave me alone. But then in
0: my head, when he goes to sleep, I'm like, he didn't even stay up and talk to me. <laughs> oh, see, no, I'm, I'm something's wrong. Yeah, in we're this brain. I'm not. Okay. And this is why we've been divorced so many times, guys. Yeah, um, sure. You know, when I was doing my outline for this episode, I started thinking about something. Maybe the same Misery Loves Company doesn't really mean what I thought it did. Hmm. Maybe it means, because I've always thought it referred to miserable people wanting everybody around them to be unhappy because they are. But maybe it means that you're so miserable that you want to be surrounded by people that can lift your spirit. I
1: think sometimes it can be a cry for help. Yeah. But it also nine times out of 10, what I've had experience with is that misery. When someone gets you to their level, it pushes them out of the misery level all of a sudden and they're happier. It's almost like you being miserable pulls them out of the misery. So then they leave you there. It's an exchange policy. Um, And that's just like such a negative Outlook, like I if I see another woman that's miserable, I want to pull her out of it with me. Like, I don't want to be sitting in there with you. No. And that's why it's not like it's okay every once in a while to go to your friends
0: and just have a bash session. But then you don't want that to keep building because to me, you're just breeding more misery, right? You're, Does yes. that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so that's not a good thing. In our case, during our separations, divorces, custody battle, misery loved company. Oh, yes. It, it had one meaning and it meant I'll be damned if here. She's going to be happy at all whatsoever because I'm not. And if the ship's going down, you're going down <laughs> yeah. with me. If I'm going down, you're coming with me. We, I think both of us and, and even John, too, we were a force to be reckoned with. Yes. We... It was I think for the two of us in large part due to our tenacious personalities. Mm. And being that we are very strong women, we want to be heard. Oh and yeah. we aren't gonna be pushed down or told what to do. Which there's certain times you like to be told what to do. I don't by certain people ever like to be told what to Only do. Only by
1: certain people. Once and during you build that time, past that trust, I am mean yeah. but But not by a stranger. Not by a stranger and not by authority of the court of law (laughs) either.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Because I don't remember them being in there when I was pushing nine pounds out. Yeah, no.
1: So how are they? If I don't follow a speed limit, you think I'm really gonna sit there and listen to what an attorney's gonna tell me? Yeah, Yeah. no. (laughs) When you anger a woman, especially a mother. We make it our mission to bring you down.
0: Oh, 100%. I think we all know, especially me. I'm really freaking crazy about that. I agree. Let's talk about our divorces first before we get into the custody battle portion. Why do you think you wanted to make John miserable after divorce?
1: I always felt like after the love child portion of our marriage, he owed it to me. Mm -hmm. And even though you suppress, you forgive, you say that, but you really don't like the trauma is still there. So I constantly made him pay for his mistakes. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, you still haven't finished paying for these. Now you're just going to leave me high and dry. But what's the answer? But wait, hold on. <laughs> you still owe me like 20 more years of makeup. Like, what are you talking about? You can't just bail out on this. This is going to cost you 20 years of misery. <laughs> so that's probably where a lot of my misery stemmed from. Like, he had already wronged me and never really got my trust fully back in our marriage enough for me to be like, okay. He understands what he did was wrong. Like, I trust him again. We're good. We're good. We're a good team. I never even got a chance to get back to that place in my marriage. So then we turn around and we start a divorce. And it's like he gets to be his own man, which he should. Like, he should have that independence. But it was. You weren't ready to see that. (laughs) uh, It was not involving Lauren whatsoever. Yeah. Which is a sting. And uh, so for you, it was more of a payback.
0: For me, I think it was jealousy and pride with Jerry. mm. He bruised my ego because he cheated on me and he left me. And went to another woman, I felt like I was less than. And that has to be hard because essentially that was your high school sweetheart. Like that was your first love. My first true love. Really? I mean, it was evident that neither of us could make the other happy, but I didn't need him to leave me. I wanted to like, let's spend a few more years trying to figure this out, which is ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. He deserved to be happy just as much as I did. And I never truly could be happy until I let go of all that misery and anger that I held on to. The problem is you can't see through that. You can't. You, can't you see really can You don't want to. No. You know.
1: Deep down, you know what you need to do. But, but it's You're like, not going to do it. It, it. When you're stacked against the person that you so greatly despise. For hurting you, you can look at everyone around you and say, oh, that person deserves happiness or that person deserves happiness and forgiveness. But when it comes to the one person, Mm -hmm. there's always that one. And it's because we care about that person. I think so. I think it shows that the true love from our side was there. Or else you wouldn't have held on to it as tightly I as you I want had. you to be miserable because
0: I love you.
1: <laughs> something like that. Like that. It's but an it, emotion. It does.
0: It blinds you and, and misery turns you into something that you're not. It makes you do things that you just, that are out of character mm-hmm. that you normally wouldn't do. Are you envious of the type of people that can put their emotions aside and just do the right thing? Because I am. I still struggle with that.
1: I am. I think I've slowly become one of those people. So I'm proud of that. Yes. Because in the past, I would have looked at a person like that and been so jealous and wanted to be just like that. But people look at me like that now. Yeah. So I think I've gotten there to a certain extent. We have, for sure, especially in our
0: relationship. And I think that's why people give us such a hard time about it, because they don't understand it and they really want it.
1: They don't know how to get there because they're not willing to do the work. And to be fair, I don't know if there's a rule book for that specifically, because I would have looked at us a few years ago and thought the same thing. How is that possible? How can I look at this in a different scenario. But now I look at it and I'm like, well, it's my scenario and I can see it through my eyes now and I fully understand it. It makes sense to you. And for us... We have one major reason why we do it. And it's our kids.
0: And then we just so happen to love each other. That's just a bonus, you know. But I do get envious
1: when I see people that it didn't take them as long to get yeah, to where too. we are. Me you know? too. But do you look at those stories where it takes people 9, 10, sometimes never. Yeah. So ours may have just taken three or four years. That's I mean, not... my parents took a long, long time before they could. Yeah, mine too. Bury the
0: hatchet. Mm-hmm. And so I get it. All right. During our custody battle. Do you think the term misery loves company applied to us? Oh, my goodness. We should have
1: tattooed it on our forehead. I'm
0: pretty sure it was in our custody papers somewhere. Probably probably so. What are some things that you think we did to each other out of just pure misery?
1: Um, I think anything that involved pettiness, really. Any jealousy, whether that was posting something nasty about the other person on social media or going out of your way to make their life more difficult, whether it's another court hearing. Oh, yeah. You know? Or as a
0: stepmom, I I think one of the things that I felt was done to me is just because you don't know where you belong and you mm-hmm. may can relate to this now that you're becoming that. And being pushed out when you're trying so hard to be wanted by these children because yeah. they don't have to love you. Yeah, you're that's n- true. Not their mother. And and it really bothered me because when I wanted our us to be, you know, our own version of a family, I felt like I wasn't like I was invisible, like I wasn't noticed.
1: And I felt like that as a bio mom. Right. So I can relate to that. And I think that we both I think having those feelings come from both sides. That's how we fought. Yes. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to see me. Yes, Shine bright like a diamond. Yes. Here I am.
0: Because <laughs> you felt like you were being replaced. Right. And I felt like I was just being neglected. Yes. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it was yeah, for sure. I think both of us are very
1: similar in that. Yes, we are. What do you think we did to ourselves out of misery? Stayed in the misery. I let (laughs) it eat me. I really did. I let it affect me on the times where I should have been enjoying my children. Mm -hmm. And yet I was miserable. I was lashing out. I was cold. I was depressed and not playing with them or interacting with them or loving on them probably as deeply as I needed to be in the short amount of time that I got during that time. Instead, I was just being bitter Oh, and miserable. I can relate
0: 100%. I refused to allow myself to be happy. I think another thing we got even, I did on my end, got even as many times as I could, any chance that I could, Mm -hmm. because in my mind, I thought, okay, I've been wronged. So let me get even. Oh, yeah. I punished John because, well, it was, this is all his fault. He made poor choices. So he has to suffer because, you know, and that wasn't fair. Yeah, Because I knew, although... Even though you know what you're getting into, you don't really know all that you're getting into. Yeah, John catfished her. <laughs> yes, he was a whole catfish. Oh, <laughs> Johnny. All right, you know me, and I'm a little bougie. When John and I got married, I refused to have a big wedding like I wanted to because I was miserable. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to have any fun. Any like, It's like this week with the roosty egg. I didn't want to have any fun. Nothing. I didn't want to have an engagement party. I didn't want to do any of the things that are in my character things that I would normally do because everything wasn't perfect around me.
1: Oh, wow. That's silly. Not really. Cause I can kind of relate in my new relationship that I'm now in because I'm very understated. Not that I'm necessarily as bougie as you are. Explain that to me. But I'm very, I, I'm, I'm a lot more private and cautious and sometimes I'm miserable in that because I think even though, I have trauma and I'm a little bit jaded from being divorced twice, and especially my last marriage, I still believe in love. And I look at other people sometimes and I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful, even though you think it's going to end in divorce, you know? <laughs> you're doomed. But I can't see myself ever wanting a big marriage or making a huge statement. I like, I don't know. I, I want everybody to know. It's, it's, everybody needs to know about my love. It's maybe a little bit of because He's had the big marriage and wedding, and I'm like, oh. that makes me uncomfortable. I've never necessarily had that, but I have been married twice, and they were done very differently. So I'd rather just, like, let's do our own thing and just elope and make it very private if that was to ever happen. So I, I'm a little bit miserable in that aspect, I guess. Like,
0: petty. I never even put two and two together but when until you just said that. I didn't find out that you and John eloped until maybe just a few weeks before we did. And I remember, you know, he's like, okay, you want to have this big wedding? We can. It's great. And there was just so much going on at that time. I'm like, you know, maybe it's not a good time and whatever. So we decide that we're going to elope. And then I find out that you guys had eloped. And I'm like, OK, this can't even be our thing. You know, we've talked about that before. Like you're never I, I wasn't his first. And, I, and we don't, don't have probably, a lot of things. Anymore. Yeah, weren't yeah. many things. I was going to be his first. And I'm like, OK, well, at least we can elope because I knew he had had a big wedding, his first marriage. I just thought you guys, you know, just kind of decided you're going to get married and did it. But no, you had this whole big surprise elopement. And I'm like, OK, what? what is our thing? Like,
1: we're not going to have a thing. Yeah, but ours was such a weird elopement, to be fair. So, like, yours, I look at, like, that's the type of elopement I would have hoped for, and that's what I would always want. Okay. So, yours, to me, was more... Oh, it was perfect for us. More of what I would have hoped some of mine would have been like. Yeah, I mean, it matched our personalities. It was romantic. Oh, yeah, John and I matched ours, too. (laughs) Yeah, for those that don't know, John and I, uh, John came back from Afghanistan and had a surprise trip to Las Vegas that I knew nothing about, And uh, took me skydiving and surprised me with a wedding at the bottom. So that is pretty. What is that? Like it set the tone. It really did. Your whole marriage, you felt like you
0: were falling out of an airplane. So may as well have just done it in the beginning.
1: That's the greatest.
0: (laughs) All right. So why does misery love company? Oh, I don't know. Jealousy, bitterness. Insecurity, resentment. Yes. All of the above. The need to get even in a game you don't even know you're playing. (laughs) Let alone do you know the rules of it. Justice. (laughs) You just want to get even. You want to win. You want to do all the things. Loneliness and needing somebody to relate to. Yeah. Loneliness would be a top one. I think I've done that before and it makes me sad because it, it can happen in your personal and professional life. And if I see somebody doing better, this is when I was much younger and you're you want something so bad and that jealousy comes and out. And watching someone else have it. And you're like, they don't deserve it. I do. <laughs> I'm better than them. But you're not. It'll be your time. And your time may be even better than their time. Exactly. It's just hard to be around miserable people. It is. Because, like you said earlier, they do bring you down. Like, it's one thing to go through a rough period. Of where maybe you're in a situation where it's just not so good and you're a little bit miserable, but then there are people in the world that are downright just miserable 98% of the time.
1: Oh God, it's me. <laughs> it's not you. I'm you not really miserable. are a very upbeat person. I am, but I'm a negative person. So like, I'm not miserable. I just have a a realist and negative outlook. Yeah, I don't think that we're negative because I'm like you in
0: that aspect Yeah, and I think we're just realists. Yeah. But I think we're very positive. We do look at the bright side and we laugh about I look at other people's bright sides. <laughs> we're happy for others. So, so I think much true miser- truly miserable people can't be happy for there other people. Miserable people lash out and they're looking for an outlet and an easy target for their anger. I know that that was the case for me. I would attack people because it, especially if they were trying to help me. I don't want to be helped. I, would I always, want to be miserable. I would always attack the people that loved me the most. Yes. Yeah. And miserable people will belittle and criticize you. And that's happened a lot in professional settings. Yes, for me. me too. Like if they see you doing better and they're going through this bout of misery, they're going to try. To, they're going to bring some toxic into right, you. They're going to drag you down. They need some sort of validation for their misery. Mm-hmm. And I guess they feel like calling you out and criticizing and belittling or degrading somebody else is their validation, which is really strange. Like, it's okay that you're miserable, Carol, but not everybody wants to be miserable with you. Keep your misery in your lane. Stay over there. (laughs) I don't want to ride your train. I need to start telling myself that when I'm reading all the negative comments about us, that those are just miserable people. That's true. And those people don't know us. They don't know us, but it just, you know how if you have an insecurity about yourself, which I have several insecurities, if you tell it to somebody, and it's a close friend, and then when you're not close friends anymore, they use it against they you use it against s- you. <laughs> so I I've stopped doing that, but then now we are the best of friends, and we're so close. But to hear other people try to dissect our relationship and say that it isn't real. It puts that little piece of doubt in your mind, like, oh, my gosh, she doesn't really like me. She's uh, doing I think the- that
1: all the yeah. now I'm, I'm paranoid. <laughs> You're
0: rubbing off on me. I've been paranoid for years. So don't even start. But it, it does. It Like it eats at you. If I hear something, even though I know, I know it isn't true, but there, it just plants a seed. It plants an evil misery seed. It does. And you just got to sow it out. Pick it
1: out. Pick it out. Pick it out. <laughs> Pick it
0: out. Is it harder for you to be attacked by a miserable stranger or a miserable friend or family member?
1: Ooh, good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably a family member or close friend because I feel like their words are a little bit more genuine and coming from like if they if, for example, if you said something to me, you have a lot of bullets in your belt to be able to use if you're being miserable and mean versus a stranger doesn't really know me. So like they can say I have a big forehead and like, OK, that's. That's nothing I haven't already known. And see, I feel (laughs) a little bit of the opposite. I understand you, but I
0: think that a stranger is going to tell me the truth before a friend or family member is going to because they don't want to hurt me. So I feel like when they say something miserable to me, that maybe there's a little, little tiny bit of truth behind it. Like, April, your nose is crooked. You're not going to tell me that because you're like, oh, I love her. I don't want to hurt her, but it is a little
1: crooked. If you asked me if your nose is crooked and I analyzed it and I was like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) Okay, okay, your nose is crooked, but I'm also not a miserable person to say, like, I'm not saying that out of misery. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I guess both This is something to think about. We can look at it. Everyone think about that. Is it our job to fix miserable people? It's not our job. However, I think if a miserable person has crossed your path, whether it's a stranger or a family member that's reached out, I do think it's our responsibility to have a reaction that is positive and that can counter that misery. So, for example, if a stranger said something really rude to me or nasty or somebody flips me off while I'm driving, you know... I could drive or I could call them in, you know, to the police department or I could flip them off back or honk my horn. Maybe in that moment instead, just like staying in my own lane, keeping my head forward and ignoring the situation or giving them a wave like you're just countering it. Maybe you're calming them down. Maybe they were so hyped up that if you had hyped them up even more, they would have gotten to their destination and really been nasty to someone. Maybe you calm them down. I'm not that person, so don't flip me off. Yeah, we know. Uh, I've witnessed April's road rage, and it Uh, is terrifying. I just don't like people to attack the people I love. I
0: can't be sorry for that. (laughs) I know it's not our job to fix miserable people, but I darn sure give it my best shot. I'm, I'm just a fixer. I don't think we need to, though. I do think, like you said, we need to validate them, like anybody that's having a miserable day or life or time or whatever, just letting them know that, okay, we get it we
1: acknowledge that you're miserable. Don't don't bring set a boundary. Don't bring your misery over here. I respect you for your thoughts. But keep your you know, keep your misery at an arm's distance. I think I've gotten better about this. The older I get,
0: because I will do my darndest to cheer somebody up and to to snap them out of their funk. But I don't want to surround myself with yours. I that's just not something that I, I want to do. I don't want to be with Debbie Downers all the time. Wow, you're with me all the time. I you're pretty, not <laughs> a Debbie Downer. But I love to complain with you sometimes. I like do. it's okay. I think
1: it's healthy. I love it. Like, sometimes I just want to be like, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. But I think if that gets us off, gets, gets it off our chest. And then we can go about our normal lives yeah. and not have it in our brain all the time. Like right. It's, we disposed of it. Like, when you get it out, it's out and it's gone. It's done. And then we don't have to dwell on it. Yes.
0: So see, we do it We the have right a way. misery circle, you and I. And then we, we leave it and we're
1: not miserable. We spout
0: our misery and then we're done. It's over. But you can't force somebody to be happy. I, mm. That is the hardest thing that I've had to learn. I can't make somebody else be happy. I'm in charge of me, my own person.
1: The only thing you can do is be a positive uh, exactly. lesson
0: of your own happiness. Until somebody is ready to be happy, they're going to remain in misery. Like, I need everybody to repeat that to themselves until they are ready. They're never going to be happy unless they want to. And it's And you a choice. don't
1: get to be the deciding
0: factor. Nope. You don't get to force them to be happy. And you have to seek happiness. Mm-hmm. Ladies, I said happiness, not a penis. OK, because that's not <laughs> where you find your happiness. It's not. I've tried. Trust me. Same. Lauren has tried lots more times <laughs> than <passing> me. <laughs> oh. Shots fired. <laughs> no, but that we have both. One. We've tried it's finding true. it in men. Yes, we have. We've like I've
1: tried to find it in shopping. And I mean that kind of works. For We've tried to find it in everything. But
0: you can't, it's inside you. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling, and you you either have it or you don't. Yeah. And you can get it. You can choose it. It's yeah. a choice. It's a choice. Try not to feed into people's misery. Some people really can't help it. That's called mental illness. And <laughs> there's yeah. doctors and medication. I can hook you up with them, either of them. Um but the key is to just be careful and not let the person drag you down their misery rabbit hole. Right. And that's happened.
1: Oh, that has happened to all so of us. So many times. Yes. And you just can't. We're going on a
0: trip. In our
1: <laughs> fucking ship.
0: Sometimes I don't mind being around miserable people. Because it kind of makes me feel a little better about myself. Is that terrible?
1: No, it's not. That's called uh, self-awareness. Is it? <laughs> okay. I think you're just making me feel good right now. It's I- not. You're no- You're noticing and recognizing the dark in someone else because you've obviously been in that place before and you're seeing oh. the light in yourself. No, I'm not happy that they're there, but no. I'm like happy I'm not. Exactly. Nine go. times out of ten, people are miserable because...
0: They see something in others they wish they had. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Really true. 100%. And I I mean, we're all guilty for of that. that. For a miserable person to attempt to correct their deficiencies. Who's that? That's our ex. I was going to say that's our ex-husband. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's my <laughs> husband, not our ex. Our ex. <laughs> my ex. But if they want to correct their misery, they have to and accept the fact that they are it miserable. It exists. Yeah. Instead of asking how the happy person could help them, maybe... That would just make too much sense. Like, hey, April, you know what? You seem really happy. What are you doing? What did you do to get out of this misery that you were in?
1: Well, I got a divorce. Here's another tip. Uh, Your happiness is not contingent on someone else's forgiveness or apology to you or their work towards you or anything of the of the sorts. They owe you nothing. That's true. Your happiness is on you. It's in your lane. And I've always said this. Once you stay in your own lane, like nobody else can affect you.
0: No. And your happiness isn't defined by somebody else's misery. No. That's really sad. Mm -hmm. Like we should not have wanted our exes to be miserable just so we could be happy. Exactly. Because if you really are a good person, and I think everybody deep down has good in them, Mm -hmm. you know you don't want
1: and you you don't wish ill on people. Look at it this way. I wish... You know, John was miserable. And now he gets to see me every single day. (laughs) So maybe. So he probably really is miserable, (laughs) but he secretly loves it. He does. He does. (laughs) But those type of
0: people, those are the type of people you want to avoid. They want to keep you weak so you aren't a threat to them. I think there's just so much competition there is and there shouldn't be because there's enough to go around for everybody if you work hard enough you can have whatever you want the ones that tell you that your dreams and aspirations are crazy that's the people you need to avoid yep because those are the ones
1: right there that are not going to lift you up they're not going to support you those are not your cheerleaders those aren't your
0: people stay away from those people they're trying to keep you from reaching your potential and they want to bring probably because they
1: see your potential and might be a little envious of it
0: you, But you notice that. Oh, when you, you do. start to succeed, people
1: start so being nasty. Those miserables start to emerge. Listen, I'm always one of those. You tell me to do something, I'm going to do the complete opposite. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to show you how I can be done even better than I thought it
0: could. Don't tell me no. I just bless their heart and pray that God removes the misery from their tiny hearts. If you're truly happy in life, you don't have time to make other people miserable. What did you say? You posted a quote this week that said, i'm not worried about your grass or if your grass is greener i'm too busy watering my own watering my own Mm -hmm. that's what you got to do in misery you got to worry about your own self worry about your own self just pretend like their grass is astroturf and you're doing hard work and you know just keep that mindset and they get it the easy (laughs) way you just be too busy enjoying your life and remember that that doesn't define you no their misery or their wish for your misery doesn't you just need to do you boo get it girl all right get in touch with us guys we'd love to hear from our listeners send us topics that you would like for us to discuss make sure you check out our blended is better merchandise that's now on our website pastchaos.com also follow us on all of our social media platforms instagram tiktok facebook we do weekly facebook lives every wednesday where we give our followers a glimpse into our real lives if you haven't already don't forget subscribe to download and rate our podcast Call on the Kirks. Oh, what'd you find? So, you know, we give advice to people, so (laughs) we like to put our two cents in where it's not asked for. This week, instead of taking someone's ride in, I want to discuss something that's going on around the world, on the World Wide Web. Oh, God. Okay. I know I'm a little late to the game, but that's nothing new. You probably know exactly what this is because you're hipper than me. I'm sure you've heard of this story. Jason Collier... (laughs) The 41-year-old police chief from Texas. I had to double-check and make sure it wasn't John Kirk. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Yes, I do know. He was... Like, the saddest part of this story is that there were children involved. Yes. And I don't know everything about this because I did not get sucked down that misery rabbit hole with all those comments. I couldn't do it. I've got too much going on.
1: But the gist of it is he was married. He had a couple of fiancés, a few girlfriends on the side, right? Yes. He had... A wife, two fiancés, and I want to say, like, anywhere from 12 to 14 (gasps) girlfriends. Oh, dear God. 12 to 14. That's what I heard. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's what was reported. And he was the
0: police chief. Yeah. That was what's crazy. One of the girlfriends found out about another, and it started trickling down from there. Mm -hmm. Like, they outed him. I can't even. It's no secret that John cheated on you and had to tell you about a child that resulted from that other relationship. Can you imagine? Okay. Finding that out was hard enough, right? But for it to become national news... Like that is terrible. Oh,
1: I mean, I couldn't help but laugh. First of all, I know, and I don't want to laugh. That's what else I is either, But I'm just wondering, like, how long was this going on to and be noted? Like, how how have you not gotten caught? That's what. I, like, are you these women? I'm and are I'm the online girlfriend, right? No, that he was with.
0: Like, there were pictures. He went around and traveled with these women, and like I know every. I know when John takes a poop. I know every not because I want to, because he just announces it. But when you're in a marriage, like, you know, everything about the other person, right? Usually. Yeah. But so I mean, I'm, I've been surprised. Time well, or two. I mean, I know, like, I, we both have in our past relationships, but this I'm is excessive. by this, because there yeah. wasn't just one affair.
1: This is like, ongoing, several at a time. Oh, yes. And May I just point out the fact that he's like a four on a that good my, day? First off, he ain't even cute enough. I feel I feel no sympathy and sorrow saying that he was ugly. I'm he, sorry. Um, yeah, not he to. Me, I mean, I'm sure he had his. Uh, there were good things about him. Whatever. Uh, were there?
0: But maybe one wife, one girlfriend, but definitely not as many as
1: he had. Maybe I'm jealous. I mean, I'm a hater. <laughs> Should we send his wife a care package? I think we do. Oh, I I would love. She needs us
0: to send wine. Oh, Here I am over here just mad because the only person that hit on me at the
1: bar was the old guy with his fly down. I mean, this guy's getting all the women. She made my circumstance and John's first wife's circumstance seem very mild. You know, everything happens for a reason. And this, because I heard,
0: this is, you know, like I know what's going on in this story, but I heard that the wife, the actual only legal wife mm-hmm. is kind of in lockdown and she's you know wanting Private, her privacy yeah. and all she's got a platform now like she could do something with this oh, she this could change girl. the world she i hope she does and good on her because <laughs> she you know what she should have been my friend because i'm gonna tell you right now i'm a detective if you put lauren and april on the job oh we would have already uncovered we'll uncover the next 14 if there's more out there she just must have been so busy that she didn't even have a care in the world i
1: Maybe he made a lot of money and she just went shopping all the time. I don't know what it was, but that, yeah, that's a disgusting story well, for Jason sure. had it going on, apparently. Jason did. I hope he was at least good in bed. I don't know how he kept it up, <laughs> literally.
0: <laughs> that's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. If you'd like to find out more about the Kirks and our big blended family, visit our website at
1: past chaos.com make sure you don't miss out on any of this train wreck and chaos by hitting the subscribe button if you really want to get personal follow us on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok be sure to tune in every sunday when we release new episodes we would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to and review our podcast and just so y'all know we love jesus but we cuss a little